Welcome, everybody. This is KYRS, Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. And um, this is Art Hour with your host, Mike Malsom and... Um, Eric Woodard. Yeah, this is our maiden voyage today. And we couldn't be happier than starting this program. And our first guest is the uh, former host of Art Hour, Jennifer LaRue. Um, Jennifer is an artist, as you know, writer, curator, radio host, um, written for Spokane Coeur Living, Spoken Spokesman Review, I think The Inlander, The Valley Verve, that, that's an old one I found out, and then uh, Arts Magazine, uh, Terra Obscura, and almost four decades, I think, as a art supporter, um, critic, and pusher of the boundaries. <laughs> um, so happy to have you here, Jennifer, and, and thank you. If, you know, you know, I'm sure I speak with Eric too for giving us this opportunity. So, um, yeah, well, four decades. I mean, what was kind of the genesis? of this whole journey up to this point, because we're going to talk about where you're going from here, too, as well. The, what was that question? <laughs> yeah. What was kind of the genesis How of did it this start? Journey? Where, where yeah, does like, this whole boy, thing this begin? This is where this passion was manifested out. Oh, as, just as a, you know, damaged child, I, I looked for alternatives, I guess, and uh, art and music were, were those alternatives. Growing up in L.A., um, uh, I kind of gravitated towards the creative type of people. And when I moved here from L.A. Uh, in 84, I just, um, I found it right away. I found a very underground punk rock scene. Um, lived in a house with a bunch of people. And we did a lot of really, really crazy things. Um, I was a part of a, a sort of a collaborative called One Two Three Arts. And so we had uh, art studios upstairs, galleries, um, a place, you know, a little coffee shop, a uh, place to where bands came, uh, people like uh, Black Flag played there. Um, we did cabarets. We did just wild underground art shows and installations. And I actually lived in my art studio. We weren't supposed to, but I was one of the only people that did. I took baths in a utility sink. I had hot plates. Uh, mattress on the floor, um, did crazy paintings on the walls. It was, uh, yeah, so that's, I started there. <clears throat> then I started working, uh, writing for uh, underground zines and Spokane Art Paper and uh, curating shows there and just doing stuff. And then when I got a little bit more mainstream, I, I started Art uh, Raw Space and I, I did some other things. So, yeah, I just, it's just kind of what I do. Oh, do you, I don't think we have any more of those that kind of uh, uh, creative environment uh, in Spokane now. Not or? really, because we were completely uncensored, and that's the thing: is there is no organization in Spokane that just lets the artists decide. You know, because they're so concerned about um, you know commerce and board members, and we never worried about any of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, maybe that's why I'm a little bit of a biatch to some people about, oh, my gosh, you know, censorship and, um, yeah, well, let me ask the board members first. You know, it's just like, <laughs> that's not arts, that's business. And, yeah. So. Well, you're working with the gallery now, right? Yeah, I curate at a gallery, but we have uh, no board members. We have, uh, we don't censor. We will show, uh, you know, we'll show boobs, we'll show a dong, we'll show whatever the heck we want to show, um, as long as it's well done. <laughs> so... <laughs> I have a feeling I need to keep my hand up. No, 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 no. I will not swear. Come okay. on, I've been okay. on the radio good. long good. enough. I will, I will replace words. I will replace words. Right. No, you've done a good job so far. But, uh, yeah, there's a little button up here, if you've ever been in the radio studio, where if if somebody says something they shouldn't have said, I can hit a dump button, and it, it'll – so if you hear an eight-second span of silence, I will not know. swear. I will not swear. You've done this long enough. You yes. know how to do that. Yeah. yeah. So what, uh, tell me about the gallery that you work at now. Um, I, I curate at Colvis Sullivan, and I consider it the finest art gallery in Spokane. Um, and we're not, 
like what people, you know, we, we take a, a much lower commission. Uh, we're not in it for the money. Um, the guy that owns the gallery, Jim Colva, he, money's not a thing for him. He really doesn't care. And this is a side gig for me, so I really don't care. Uh, we take half of what normal galleries take. And uh, I, I do give a lot um, to the artists, you know, do what you want to do. I, I hand them a key. I'm like, it's yours. But I'm always there to help. Um, if they want me to, you know, I, I'll hang the show. I'll, you know, kind of, whatever they want, I will help with. Um, and I usually select artists that I trust enough to know that their work is up to par. Um, so if I select an artist, I'm like, yeah, I'm excited. I'm just excited. And, and we're booked, we're booking into 2020 right now because, um, you know, it can't just be, Hey, you want to come show your work that you kind of showed everywhere else in town? You know, it's like, no work on a, on a series of work, a collection of work that you, it's taken you a year to create. That's kind of what, you know, we hope for from really good artists. So just a quick little, uh, promo on that. I see in today's Inlander, um, um, one of your artists there mm-hmm. called, we got a nice uh, yeah Melanie little, Lieb yeah. Uh, her show opens tomorrow night and the show is called Mutation and um, yeah she's kind of just run with it you know and, and you know, I trust her she's she's a conceptual artist so um, Spokane is conceptual art is kind of hard for a lot of people to wrap their heads around because it's not uh, commerce um, is not the main reason to do it usually it's stuff that you know that people aren't, aren't going to buy you know um you know someone will do a pile of trash you know something that actually uh has a concept it it's, tells a story it um it gets people to talk and think um more like museum quality work that's yeah so yeah so melanie her show opens tomorrow oh, night at five o'clock so yeah. I was just thinking with, I don't know how many like art galleries we have in Spokane, Coeur d'Alene area, but mm. do, do they do well? I mean, do they, are they able to keep their heads above water financially by selling enough work? Or? I honestly have no idea because yeah. a lot of the, the people that run galleries, you know, they, um, oh, look at all the red stickers. You know, it's like, we, <laughs> who knows if mm-hmm. they're still open, you know, the, uh, the Saranac, which is um, mm-hmm. art projects right downstairs. Um, they're a co-op, so their rent is paid by members, so that's good. So it's Pottery Place Plus, they're a co-op, so they stay open because members, you know, pay their fees. But other galleries, there aren't very many. Uh, the Moon, uh, the Moon Art Gallery on oh, East Sprague. Yeah. yeah, I think they also might, um, you know, they're all kind of, all the artists are members of the Moon. Uh, and then there's um, Marmots. I'm not sure how that one's, st- I, you know, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know about some of them. There are very few galleries in Spokane, yeah. honestly and truly. So, yeah. So I was wondering if the, um, the number of venues, though, like, to, like this weekend we have the Art Winterfest, or, um, I think, today, uh, starting tomorrow and then Saturday and Sunday. Um, yeah. Where's that? I wrote. Well, it's... Um, um, Spokane Arts is was is kind of promoting this, but it's a three day rather than just the normal first Friday. This is a um, art and musicians are playing both Saturday and yeah. Sunday. So, but um, the since there's so few galleries, but there's a lot of um, like there other venues to help to pick, kind of yeah. pick up the slack a little bit. At least yeah. a number of artists get to show their work. Yeah, wineries, coffee shops, mm-hmm. businesses. Yeah. There are places you could put work. Yeah. So I was doing a little research looking, uh, just looking up your name on the Googles, and uh, I came across this article in the Inlander that you, I think, curated a show, and I tried not to read too much about it because I wanted to ask you about it mm-hmm. a little bit, that was apparently too hot for Spokane, and it went over to Coeur d'Alene. Is that no, it right? went to uh, Missoula. Missoula, that's mm-hmm. right. That's right. So... Um, mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about that, because they showed a couple of pieces of art, and it seemed like, I mean, it was pretty hot, but what was the, I mean, because this seems like maybe it it kind of encapsulates a lot of what you stand for when it comes Mm -hmm. to curating art and how you work and what you appreciate. So uh, I'm just interested in hearing that story from your perspective. Yeah, what story? (laughs) (laughs) What story? I just, um, I don't know, I got together with some people and we decided to find a space um, have a show. I met somebody in Missoula, and we got a huge space. 
it all kind of came together pretty well. Um, some of the artists I work with, I'm, you know, I don't really work with them anymore. But um, yeah, there's a, a few of the artists were, were just so, so good, you know. And one of them that I showed, I had showed some years before at a coffee shop in Spokane. And within a week, um, the venue had taken the work down and turned them around, put them against the wall because they were too, mm. I don't know, they had people walking in there and crying. But when we had the opening reception a week before that, people were like, oh my gosh, you don't see this in Spokane. This, it's getting me thinking. It's making me, oh my gosh, this is so powerful. But um, yeah, people are really quick to, to censor something. If one person says something and that's ridiculous and I think it's stupid and, you know, we should have more boobs. We should have more, you know, real things, you know, real dirty, nitty gritty things about what's going on in the world. Instead, we, you know, argue about it on Facebook. You know, I I don't know. So is that the kind of art you do as well? um, I'm a writer. I don't. I don't really do you, visual you don't art. Do any visual no, art. I don't okay. consider myself a visual artist. Okay. I have like, you know, if I'm like having a writer's block or just feel like creating something, I will make something, and I do plan on making some some work this summer because I'll be out in nature a lot. So I'm going to do uh, twig sculptures, but um, I'm not a visual artist, and uh, yeah, I'm a writer. That is my art, and I, I I consider it an art art for sure. So what kind of art do you do? What kind of stuff do you write? Um, what do I write? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. When I was, I used to do poetry in underground zines in the 80s. And I was known as somebody who wrote poetry porn. And it was, uh, it, it seemed very sexual and pornographic. But, uh, but that's for the people that weren't that intelligent. You know, they didn't read between the lines. You know, they, you know it, it had much more meaning than that. But, yeah, my, my work is kind of... I used to compare myself uh, to Bukowski. Like, I'm a female version of Bukowski, but uh, not really. But, this, you know, people know who he is. But, yeah, I like to just kind of um, say it like it is, I guess. Do you um, have a, a place where somebody could access any of your writing? Oh, yeah, I actually... I've, I have a writing Facebook page, cool. but I don't tell... I have, I think I have like 55 likes and I've had it for a few years. I don't push it. Um, I actually know I have a lot more people that visit it than I have likes. It's like, I think people like would rather not like it and would rather just go and read my stuff and not say that they like it, which is weird. But um, yeah, because you could see how many people are are looking at it and how many, yeah, oh, hundreds. And then, you know, but I only have 54 likes. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. So I have a Facebook page called LaRue DuJour and I put my poetry on there. And, um, yeah. Let me ask you a weird question. So let's say you put I love weird questions. Well, I mean, maybe it's not weird, but (laughs) let's say you you published a piece of poetry and everybody who read it said, I like it. Would you be skeptical of that? Yes. Oh, I I would totally be skeptical (laughs) of that. So in other words, one of the things that you're looking for is you want to evoke a more powerful, maybe even Mm -hmm. a visceral, maybe even... That that controversy or resistance is something that means y- you're doing the right thing. Would I would mm. I go so far as to say that? Well, if people were to say um, they like it, you know that's uh, that's a really easy thing to do. It's easy to say I like something, but if you you say you don't like it, that's more thoughtful. It's like okay, why don't you like it? You know, and then it causes discussion. Um, they have to expose a little bit of themselves. They have to, you know, it's 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 dialogue. It's intelligence. But once, oh, I like it. You know, it's like, you know, it's click like, 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 like. You know, people like stuff they don't like all the time. So when people say I like it, it doesn't mean anything to me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, why do you like it? What, what did you get from that? What You know, let's have dialogue about this. But I know for a fact that people like things when they really don't like it. It is a game and it's pathetic. And then how do I know that? Because people tell me, oh, no, I don't really like her work. I'm like, well, why don't you just say you liked it? It's what you're supposed to do. You know, it keeps you relevant. It keeps you in the the game, in the conversation. You know, yeah, just, oh, gosh. So it's more genuine when it's more provocative, when when somebody is, is, you feel like you can elicit a more honest response that way. Um, I just do it because that's what comes out of me. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, when people write um, poetry about, you know, the bubbling creek and the tweeting birds and the you know that's really cliche to me um you know tell me you know 
how good it feels to take a really good dump. You know, tell me like, <laughs> tell me like <laughs> something, you know, something that you're, you're really feeling to your core. Um, you know, it's easy to talk about, you know, the birds and the bubbling creek, you know, just, I don't know. Now, poetry and the writing that you're doing, I mean, it's such a solitary pursuit and there's really no place mm-hmm. to, there's no gallery for stuff like that i mean is there a community at all that you're involved with no not not at all not at all how about anybody who you feel like is doing similar things that you as you? i don't know anybody no so you feel like you're just on an island with that so that that's a good question because we've talked about this before um and you'll probably talk about this uh, a little later about your spiritual journey you're on Mm -hmm. and i asked if um you had mentors or somebody that you and you like to travel the trail alone totally i mean you know i mean i'll listen to some lectures you know i I really like muji but not everything that he says is you know but um yeah i listen to some lectures read some things but um i will never like believe in something 100 percent, or even a person you know it's like you can't there's bits of truths in everything and there's non-truths in everything equally so yeah now, Mike's talking about riding the trail alone, but we were talking yeah. before the show, and you said you've been married for 20 years. Yeah. Uh, now, what's what's your husband's relationship to your art, or is there any? Is that completely separate? Um, it's separate. <laughs> he supports me 100%. He actually makes it possible for me to do it, you know? Yeah. Just, and he, you know, he's never, like, people don't even know he exists, because I go, I do my art shows, and he's never there. It's not his thing, so. How does he respond to your work? Um... He likes it. He thinks that he thinks it's weird. <laughs> he thinks it's cool. He thinks that you know he 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 has a lot of faith in me. He actually thinks that one of these days I am going to write my book. And what is your book? It's about all this. I can't. <laughs> I can't. It's a lot. Is so, it a I nonfiction mean, book? Uh, um, it's a mix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, yeah. You you can talk about that a little bit, can't you? Um, you kind of <clears throat> alluded to a little bit of the plot. Mm. A few weeks ago, when we were having a conversation, uh, kind of like you're, there was going to be a sister in this. And uh, I don't want to talk about my oh, sister, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, there's going to be, of course, a, mm, dark and light characters in it. Now, it seems yeah. like you're resisting this a little bit. Are you resisting <clears throat> it because you don't want to... Uh, <laughs> You don't you don't want to kind of give away what you might write, or is it because it's, you haven't written it yet? Um, no, it's like uh, the more we talk about things that we're doing, the less that we actually do it. And I don't, you know, um, I don't want to talk to you know. I, I, I'm writing it, and I've you know. So you're some, in process. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Oh yeah, and it, you know, a lot of my poetry actually reflects some of the. Um, I mean, there's some great visuals. There's some really interesting stories. Very, um, yeah, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> well, we we have a song, I know, and and before we do that, uh, since this is our right. first time, this is, is going to be a little awkward. Let's give but, it a shot. But uh, we're going to do our legal ID. I uh, know. Wait, we don't have to do a legal ID this time. I want to do a show promo for a friend of mine, uh, Jenny Caravu, who's doing a the Working Woman's Blues. So I'd like to play that for you real fast. <laughs> Spot on. Sure ain't got a thing to lose. Hang out with me, Jukebox Jenny, on Sundays from 6 to 8 p.m. to hear America's very own music, the blues. Let me help you shake the trouble out with a mix of funk, R&B, and blues from Delta to Chicago. You'll hear... Don't forget to shake your rump, too. I'm living for the weekend. It's a cocktail that will soothe the soul. Working Woman's Blues, Sunday nights, 6 to 8 p.m., right here on KYRS. All right, that sounds pretty cool. Uh, Also, I uh, have a public service announcement. The Spokane Shrinking Violet Society, Spokane Now, and FemFest Spokane Feminist Art Festival are presenting their annual Galentine's Day Paint and Sip on Wednesday, February 13th from 7 to 9 p.m. at Pino's Palette in Spokane. Tickets are available at pinospalette.com or email femfest at spokanenow.org for more information. All right. Now that we got the business out of the way, what did you say we should do, Mike? 
Mm. Well, um, Jennifer brought a CD um, to play of a song that she sings on, and I'm and I'm really curious because we just kind of talked a little bit about her poetry, and I think there might be some conversation threads that are in her lyrics there that as we play the song, so <coughs> let's give this a shot. So Jennifer, can you introduce the song a little bit? Tell us what we're going to hear. Uh, you're going to hear a song. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a Carlton Oaks did the uh, playing guitar, oh. and so it was just a collaboration piece, and he said, do you want to write a poem for this and sing it? I'm like, sure, why not? I mean, I'm not a great singer, but it's okay. All right, well, let's hear it, and then we'll talk about it. Okay. Why does it feel so right to go against Stones. And how 
good are you at stacking stones? How did that feel listening to that? Um, I like it. I mean, I think I did it. Well, I mean, the actual singing, you know, just but the words. Um, I think I wrote it like four years ago, maybe. And it really kind of uh, resonates with me now and the journey that I'm on now. So How so? Um, I guess I'd have to look at the, the, well, the I lyrics. I was just going to say the, the um, one um, chorus of the song, that what does your body sound like when you are alone? Uh, what do your dreams sound like when your uh, waking days are not your own? And mm-hmm. how good are you at stacking stones? It seems to be a big anchor of that. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it, with my new journey and the the new radio show I have, I um, I'm really diving into mindfulness and uh, having no expectations and non attachments, and I'm learning a lot about myself and um, hoping that maybe other people will learn things about themselves as well. So. I don't know. Now, what other background have you had in music? Is that one of the, I mean, is that just kind of a one-off thing for you? Um, Well, actually, when I was doing that, uh, the punk rock days and all that stuff, I sang in a couple of bands Mm -hmm. and wrote some songs. And um, I actually was supposed to go back to L.A. and do some recording. But the big, uh, you know, self-destructive part of me was instead I decided to um, shack up with an abusive psycho and, um, you know, say, no, I'm not coming to L.A. And, yeah. Yeah, so I, I almost did it, but do you do you still um, are any of those artists and people you stayed with when you guys had the house and kind of had that situation there that are that around the area that you still are in yeah I'm actually with? curating one of them at Colvis Sullivan in 2020. Um, his name is Tom Frazee, and he great artist back there. He actually back then he actually um, was up and coming in the museum doing a lot of great things in the early 90s and then he had a bit of a breakdown and went to California and he's recently returned and so yeah I'm going to be curating his work and I do know I'm still in touch with some of the people from back then Um, not a lot of them are still doing arts or any of that stuff but there are a few and still in bands but (laughs) you know Tom Frazee is one of the number one like I'm, I'm excited to have him showing at the gallery well, as we're having this conversation, it's interesting because you have a background in music, poetry, writing, <laughs> yet you had a show called Art Hour. So how do those, I mean, what is, what is the connection? Because mm. it's not a show about poetry. It's not a show about music. It's a show about art. So why did you decide to create a show about art well, when you're not an artist? Well, poetry and music yeah. are also art. So, I mean, I did have poets here, um, even though I, I, I cannot go to a... a poetry reading for the life of me why not oh my gosh they're just so full of themselves they do this it's the theatricality of it you don't like i'm a toad (laughs) and here is my load you know it's just like (laughs) you know that's not bad jennifer (laughs) (laughs) okay did you just come up with that off the top of your head (laughs) wow (laughs) i mean I've, i've been to a couple and i'm just like oh my Gosh, does can your ego get any more egoy? You know, I, I don't. Maybe it's because I don't have that kind of um, self confidence. I don't know. It's like there's that quote about um, you know all the people that have um, that confidence and that drive, while the ones that really have something to say or so full of doubt something like that something about the you know uh well are you talking about the yates quotation where he says the worst are full of passionate intensity while the uh best are filled with doubt or something, something like, like that, that. So yeah. th- i'm not saying that i'm the best okay i mean I, I guess at that you know i am um but yeah i have no i don't have a lot of confidence and i mean i do know that i'm a good I writer never would have figured that i do i know you. um <laughs> well because i know people don't want to hear what I have to say because they're so comfortable. It's like, you know, I always talk about the, there are two lines. There's the um, comforting lies and the uncomfortable truths. I talk about the uncomfortable truths and it's because I think that's really, really important. I think repression and um, that stuff, I mean, it's always the, the crazy 
you know, the ones that are so, you know, you protest too much. And it's usually because they're repressing something that has something to do with what they're, they're protesting. Um, and it, to me, that's just like a no-brainer. It's like, duh, you know, of course that person's going to get caught with his pants down, you know, when he's been against that all this time. I mean, it's like, don't we know that yet? Aren't we smart enough to know that yet? Um, why did I, why was I talking about that? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, um, you know, pretty, pretty landscapes, pretty bubbling creeks and da-da-da-da-da. It's like, that's not real. You go out into nature and experience that. You know, that's what we should be pushing. Go out into nature and experience those things. But, you know, to look at art, it's like, let's have dialogue. Let's learn things about ourselves and, and ourselves as a society. And, yeah. So you write poetry. Do you write other things, too? I mean, you're writing your memoir. Do you mm-hmm. write, uh, I mean, I, do you do journalism? Do you any, do anything well, like that? Well, I had a, an art column in the Spokesman Review for mm-hmm. 13 years. I knew um, that, but do you still yeah. do anything like that? No, well, I... I the last article I wrote a couple months ago, well, actually, it's the current issue of Spokane Cord Lane Living Magazine. Mm. Uh, but I don't know when the next time I will be because the um, the editor sent me an artist she wanted. She's like, what do you think about this artist? And I'm like, honey, I write about fine artists. This this is a cartoon artist. You know, I'm like, I'm sorry. And she thought I was kind of being a little stuck uppy. You know, she was like, well, I don't think that we should leave anybody out. And I'm like, well, you know, you've got to draw a line. Like the bar is way down here in Spokane right now because nobody is drawing a line because they don't appreciate critics. They think they're mean. And it's, it's just like, oh, okay. Oh, everything's great. Everything's beautiful. You know, I think it's important that people create art. It's therapeutic. Do it all the time. Do it, do it, do it. You know, I know it heals me when I make things, but I don't profess to be a fine artist and I don't push to be in a fine art gallery. You know, it's like Spokane is just so weird that way. It's like they just they won't take any kind of criticism. Like, uh, ah, they're like, well, who do you think you are? It's like I've been doing this long enough. Like, I I don't know. Just, uh, it's frustrating. Well, (laughs) on the other end, you say, well, you asked me. I mean, you asked me to do this. Why? Why won't you let me just write what I think? And then you don't get to do that. But that's why you. I would imagine you like to write the stuff that you do on your own. That you just say, I have. I have no editor. I have no. Mm-hmm. I, I have no assignments. I get yeah. to do what I want. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Yeah. But this all started from you saying you weren't very confident. Which, again, I never would have figured. You know, I am, and I'm not. You know, I mean, when it comes to. Um, finding my way with other people like people just think I'm really they think I'm a really big bitch or um, I, I don't know I just I don't know talk well talk about what we um, <coughs> this journey you're kind of in the middle of um, the song that you wrote kind of relates to that um, mm. and talk more about love seat and what well how did you get the title of that and then what what are you hoping to accomplish with that and with your audience in Love Seat, um, you know, through time? Um, I really, I don't have any huge expectations, but um, I've been on sort of a spiritual journey for quite a long time. And, you know, I, I listen to a lot of lectures and I, I just, I crave like that deep, uncomfortable conversations I love squirming you know when people are like um I don't want to offend you but and I'm like please do because I'll learn please let's have this dirty let's throw mud at each other you know and then you know it's it's like deep true meaningful conversations like don't exist anymore and people are just so afraid to like um say like oh yeah I just I had this really crazy experience you know they don't want to share like any real truths and I want to. I crave that. I, you know, without it, I just, I, uh, I feel like I'm shriveling up. So I'm like, well, if, if I'm, I can't have any of these conversations with other people, I'm going to do it myself. So um, I want to learn about attachment. I want to learn about why I have these weird issues and why this happens. And um, so I decided just to, I want to have a talk show where I could just talk about this kind of weird stuff. And so I called it Love Seat because on a Love Seat, two people t- are talking. And I think that good conversation, just looking at someone forehead to forehead, um, sometimes I think you don't even need to talk. You know, the whole idea when people say that silence is awkward, it's not awkward. That's when you're pausing to add something to the conversation, not just 
to blah, 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 you know, um, and that's what we do a lot of the time. Half the conversation is useless, not needed at all. So I want people to embrace other other ways of thinking because we've been told for so many years the way that things are and should be, and um, you know, I that's not true. No, this is a, a kind of the matrix idea, and so I want Love Seat to to help me along this journey and to perhaps help somebody else who's struggling with something and because um, suffering is so unnecessary so unnecessary most of the suffering that we experience is unnecessary and you have um a listening audience that have have contacted you th- mm-hmm. um as part of the love that have joined you on the love seat yeah um and is that the initial conversations you're having um, kind of really starting to gear towards where you want to go with with that. I mean, are you having the kind of conversations that? Oh yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I play lectures, you know, by some of my favorite spiritual leaders, and then I play meditation music, and I just blah. I just talk. I just talk about just uh, whatever. I you know I, I respond to the lecture I play, and then people will text me while while I'm on air, and then I'll discuss with them that way, or they'll call in. And, uh, you know, I may only have half a dozen people listening, but I really, I don't care. It's like we have to, I don't want to have any expectations. So when I get nervous, I'm like, okay, that's wrong because that means expectations. When you get nervous, it's because you have expectations. So I'm working on not having any kind of expectations with this. And I just, you know, I want to grow. And I, I, want, I would love other people to join me. And if they don't, I've asked for people to, to send me, you know, questions, burning questions, thoughts, topic ideas, music ideas. Um, but uh, I'm not getting any, so what I decided to do for the next few weeks is I'm going to be scrolling Facebook, and with people, when people subtly post something that's like a burning question, a call for help, uh, you know, I want advice, I'm actually copying and pasting those into a document, and I'm going to be um, addressing those on air, with, without, of course, saying who this mm-hmm. came from. But and that's where I'll really say what it's like. All right, well, dude, you can't do that because that you know I'll be you know saying well you can't do this because you're attached to that situation and it did it did it. So that's how that's what I'm going to be doing for the next few weeks is, yeah. So you may find your post <laughs> in there <laughs> on my show. So love seats Wednesdays at midnight or eleven fifty nine p.m. So in that case, you'd be kind of like an advice columnist in that way. A little bit, but just I'm um, but different. You know, yeah, just. Um, Focusing on, you know, attachment issues and expectations and um, suffering and not suffering um, and mindfulness, things like that, and ways that we could alleviate some of that suffering. Mm -hmm. What are some examples of things that, uh, lectures that you've played on your show? Um, Well, the one that I played last night was uh, Eckhart Tolle, and it was, um, am I the cause of my own suffering? And it was like a nine minute, and I'm like, Heck yeah, we're all the causes of our own suffering because most of our suffering is just thoughts. That's all it is. It's thoughts about the past, you know, thoughts about the future. Um, it's a collective consciousness of all these really angry people that don't know why they're angry. And it's, it's just because they're not mindful. You know, when you're suffering because you've lost something, that is, you, um, there's mindful grieving. So if you lose a person physically or just emotionally, they leave you. Um, and then you make that your identity for the next five years. I mean, how, how unnecessary is that? You know, so yeah, Eckhart was, was talking about that. And, um, you know, somebody was like, oh, what about all the suffering? In the, you know, da, 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 da. Um, and he's like, well, <laughs> it's unnecessary. And it, it really, really is. And um, until I, like, kind of realized this and started listening to these lectures, I thought I was a psychopath because I do not mourn and grieve like other people do i i do it for a short while and then i let it go it's very you know i sit with it i you know i i do the ugly cry for a couple days and i just like i try and understand where it's coming from and then i come to the realization that this grief is doing nothing you know it's past um that person's moved on you know it's like if you truly love someone and they leave you for someone else you know, why do you suffer for the next five years? You know, because if you truly loved them and they went and found someone else, go, good for you. I'm glad you're happy. That is real love. Real love is not, oh, well, poor me. You know, it's like that is so unnecessary. Okay, sorry. I'm, no, I'm no getting, not I'm at getting all. passionate. See, this is what good. I talk well, about on my show. We want you to talk about yeah. your this project. This is what yeah, I talk sure. about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. 
No, that wasn't bad at all. That, that was, was great. great. <laughs> so the the technology to do this show, like kind of like you want to do, is you you both uh, have a listening audience that are you know metaphorically on your love seat, but also the interaction with with the phone calls and things like that. Um, and you were getting calls. Is that is that going to work out from the technology standpoint, or is that why you're going to try the Facebook uh, approach where people? Can um, well, it does work for when people want to uh, respond to what I'm talking about on the radio. But mm-hmm. I, I want more topic ideas. I mean, I could only talk about so many things for so many months, you know. So I want I want people to ask me questions, you know, to tell me um, while I'm going through this and how how would you approach this, you know, just to give them another um, another way, you know, because. Yeah, we all need other ways because the way that we're doing it right now, it's really not working. Yeah. It's not. Well, it's interesting that it sounds like you started the show to work through some things for yourself. I did, yeah. And now, I mean, do you feel like now that you're working through some other people's things, I mean, do you feel like you've kind of started completing that or is this just part of that process? This is part of that process. I have not completed anything because I still have those negative, I know my ego is still like poking at me and... um uh, and I still have some expectation, you know, so I'm trying to rid myself of all those things. And it's, it's easy to wake up, but it's, it's very costly to stay awake. And so like, you know, I'll, I'll be going really well for a couple of weeks and all of a sudden this little ego thing will, will you know, poke at me. And yeah, so it's, it's definitely an ongoing thing. And so I will just keep learning and, um, yeah. Well, okay. I want to tie something back together. i again, I keep saying they're weird questions and maybe they're not, but Uh, So let's say you're working through stuff. You say you're going to work through stuff in your poetry. You're going to work through stuff in your your show. And then let's say you start coming out to a different place. And I've heard people say, like artists say, I don't want to go into therapy because I'm worried that that my art will go away, that a lot of the grist Mm. that I have for this art is it comes from this conflict that I'm having from the work that I'm going through. So, so you mean if I'm okay, will I keep writing? (laughs) Or will will you be doing the butterflies and sunsets and all that other stuff? I mean, do you worry about that at all? No. Okay. No, because I I am a dark person. I'm a dark person and I, I love the dark. I look at somebody and I go, I love your dark. You know, please show that to me instead of all your little butterflies here, you know, because that is how we heal is by just letting that dark out. You know, um, uh, we don't have a lot of time. I could talk for hours on this, but, you know, the whole whole, uh, light and dark wolf in us, you know, you've heard about that. It's like, you know, we have two wolves fighting inside of us, a dark one and a light one. Oh, grandfather, which one wins? And the grandfather says the one that you feed. But no, you feed them both equally. Um, because if you starve the dark one, it's it's around every corner waiting to, to jump out at you because vicious, it's starving yeah. much more vicious. So you've got to nurture it. You've got to love it. You've got to, yeah, just make it a part of your life. And, um, you know, and usually it's not as dark as, as uh, you think it is, you know. Um, yeah. So, oh, I love that dark and I will always have that dark. I had a very dark childhood. So, of course, I'm going to keep that even if I'm like if I'm completely hundred percent yeah never yeah never. now the dark childhood is that one of the reasons you you uh, came up to Spokane and stayed here do you think maybe that's the reason you didn't go back even though you had that opportunity was LA just too dark of a place for you do you not think? at all now my parents were the dark place and they were here in Spokane mm. so um no I, I, I've just um I have a huge fear of success I think what, um what do you mean uh, what what would ha- what would be bad about success for you um Maybe I'm getting stronger now, but um, people are vicious. Like, people think I'm a bitch. I'm not a bitch. I'm, I don't think I'm a bitch, but people are vicious. And they do it um, under the guise of, I'm so nice, you know, with their big smile. And, they're, you know, they are terrible. And when I've had even a little bit of success, I've had those people come out and I have a really hard time with that, I think, because of my childhood. So I would rather stay. People are like, why aren't you famous? You know, I have a products that I designed. I do these things. And it's like, because I don't really want to be. I just want to help people quietly. And uh, but maybe I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen? Well, in the age of social media, it's getting worse. I hate social media. Oh, yeah. I hate it. Oh, yeah. You got a retreat planned this summer. I do. Talk a little bit about that and what you hope to Um, uh, accomplish. I don't know what I'm. I don't know what's going to happen. But but yeah, we. um, My husband and I secured a spot by a river for four months. 
Uh, we bought a fifth wheel. It's, it's very small, but you know, we're not going to, we're just going to park our, our trailer there. And then whenever, every chance we get, we'll be there. He drives an ATV up in the mountains and I'll be at the campsite building life-size figurative sculptures and meditating and taking long hikes and inviting people to maybe come and do some little spiritual work. Um, I'm not a woo-woo girl. You know what that is? Like, no. woo-woo. You know, it's like, oh, Cheerleader I, type? I, no, I oh. have this oh. sage. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to burn the sage in your house to clear out all the negative. You know, you know, I got this crystal. I think you should really wear this crystal because it'll help you. That stuff is all crap. You know, it, it really is. Um, so that's what I call woo-woo. Um, I'm just more about, like, the nitty-gritty, you know, let's throw mud at each other. <laughs> so, so you've got the retreat. You've yeah. got love seat. I mean, five years ago, would you have seen yourself at this spot doing the, the things that um, you're doing? I have no idea. I never really think five years ahead. But this is not who you were five years ago. Oh, I think it is. Oh, is it? I think so, but not doing the same thing. I think I worried more about being relevant mm. um, five years ago, and really I don't care anymore. That's why I'm giving up art hour. Like some people are like, well, were you fired? You know, why are you leaving? You know, it's like, um, you know, because they think that I'm, I'm doing, you know, uh, why would you do that? Why would you give it up? It's like, well, because um, it's not really doing anything for me anymore. You know, we hang on to things only to be relevant, to stay relevant. Um, because, you know, I'm, I'm losing some of my relevancy, you know, and, but I don't care. I'm, I, I, I'm relevant to myself. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad I'm handing it off to you guys. You guys are awesome. Oh, thank you. <laughs> right. Well, we had that conversation about sometimes we just hang on to something and it's ego. It's, it's ego. We, we've, mm-hmm. we're, our identity is tied up in this thing. Yes. I am the host of Art Hour. So yeah. if I lose that, I mean, we, what we have I? to. Right. Exactly. Oh, right. <laughs> it's almost like a codependent relationship yes. where you leave the person and you say, now I don't know who I am. So oh, I get that. So I get many that. people need to leave things and they know it Abs- deep I, in their soul. They know it. I mean, I'll, I'll confess this on air. Uh, I, I tell students, if you really good to quit things uh-huh. it feels really good when it's not something that's feeding your soul in some yes. way it feels so good to quit it ask yeah. yourself why you're not quitting it i've quit a lot of things and it almost always felt great uh-huh. yeah but, th- but the ego thing is like oh no sure. now i'm not in that anymore yeah well you that kind of gets to your attachment um mm-hmm. you know concept but i i think we're all hardwired to grow and some people approach it a different way um but for me if i feel like i'm beginning to get stale just in my own opinion or it's my own interpretation of it then i'm not very good at what i start doing and then i I'm, i seek change i um uh it feel like doing a show even it's uh it's kind of a little bit of a nervous uh you know thing excitement which i know then i'm doing the right thing because because mm-hmm. i have that feeling so when i don't have it is when i start getting uncomfortable i have a great story of my father-in-law who did that one time we were playing a game of poker uh <laughs> we weren't actually gambling real money uh just kidding uh but we and so there was a big pot in the middle and uh my father-in-law was sitting next to me and i turned to him i said god i hate this part i hate this part because i mean i've got all this money in here he says well why do you play poker he said, this is the only reason you should play poker. It's that moment, he would always say, it's when your pits are dripping that you know you're alive. Yeah. And it's that moment that you say, I'm not sure what's next. And this is wonderful. Yeah. And it's yeah. kind of that reframing, yes. even what you're talking about, how you tell yourself, a, you are the story you tell yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a situation and you say, this is terrible, I'm so nervous, you can just turn it around and say, this is wonderful, I'm so nervous. This is, the, I, I mean, why, why else do we do so many of the things that we do? It's because yeah. we like that, that feeling. So, I mean, it seems like that's really where you are in your life, just saying, what's the next thing that, that is new and fresh and exciting? Uh, sort of, yeah, I guess. <laughs> sure. <laughs> don't want to put words in your yeah. mouth. But well, I, don't I have think, no idea. Yeah, and there's no, like, simple, like, if you do this, this cause, you're going to get this effect. I don't, I don't think mm-hmm. it ever works that way. There's, a, there's a, a stimulus of some sort, and it's how we interpret that that causes the effect. So um, if you've, I think people have a fear of failure or I think it might telling a story in front of, you know, 300 people. Or is that my interpretation of what I'm feeling? So um, I think you can turn things around when you do things. But most people fear change. I mean, and, and it's hard for people to change. It's hard to do something different. Most New Year's resolutions by now are probably been failed by, you know, 90% of the population that have done that. Why is that? Well, a lot of reasons, but part of it, part of it is just really hard to get changed. So 
I always commend people for stepping out. I mean, it's hard to do. That's I'm not play. I'm gonna play a, an open mic just to show you that I can do it. He said that for you. <laughs> 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 so tell what what's the date and time of your show? Or what days? Um, it's uh, I started every Wednesday night at eleven fifty nine p.m. Okay. Because it's just so difficult because it, when it's midnight, is, it, is that Wednesday or is that Thursday? Right, right. Yeah, so I start at 11.59 and then I go until 1 a.m. on Thursday. Okay. Yeah. And what's the, what's the, what's the next show? Do you know? The Do next Do you have one? anything planned? I don't. I don't plan it in advance. Oh, it's going to be um, some people's uh, posts. That I'm going to, oh, I'm going to approach. Do you have one yet? I mean, do you um, have I actually do have one. Would you mind sharing? Um, Just so we can think about it. Well, he might know. No. You can't share what, what even the st- sentence is. What 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 the idea um, is? Oh, something about. Uh, I don't re- need to know re- who it relationships is. Relationships and, and not wearing a mask. So mm. I, I I don't know. Just I can't. You know, I, I wrote it. You know, I have it copied, so mm-hmm. I will read it exact. Yeah, I can't. No. Mm-mm. So yeah, just go ahead and post weird stuff. Um, Questions, burning questions, thoughts about deep things, and I will probably find it on Facebook, and I will address it on Love Seat. Awesome. What's next for your writing? Well, I mean, what are you working on now? What's uh, next? Nothing. I just keep writing. You just write and just publish write. on LaRue du Jour? LaRue du Jour. LaRue okay. du Jour. Yep. And yep. you're working on this memoir slash fiction uh, slash something? How long yeah. have you been working on that? Oh, my gosh. So long. So long. I just, Yeah. Right. Who's read it so far? Um, I think my husband's read some of it. I've sent some to. Actually, I had a producer because it was going to be a screenplay. So some people have seen things, and I don't know what's going to happen. Well, and I I think that that's something that Mike and you have both kind of said here is that you don't worry about the outcome. Yeah. You just worry about the process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think if you just worry about the process, I've found in my life, when I just worry about the process, I mean, and you really don't worry about the outcome, you often end up with a good outcome mm-hmm. anyway. You just let go a little bit. So I love the fact, I mean, when you say what's next, like, I don't know, because that's, that's mm-hmm. not in your hands, right? <laughs> what's, what's in your hands is what I'm doing in the mm-hmm. next hour. Uh, so Which is pretty good doing metaphor the work. for artists anyway. They usually start a painting. They have no idea how this is going to turn out. They just start. And things start happening, which I think is the way to do it. Well, in the last minute, do you have a valedictory message for Art Hour? Anything you want to say? Um, Thank you guys for taking over. I I would have stayed until, I mean, I I was going to hold out until I found the perfect hosts, and I think you guys are perfect. yeah, you guys are good, I could tell. Well, thank you. Well, thanks. Thank and you. thanks for being a guest, and mm-hmm. we want to have you back, obviously, when... Yes. Uh, I would love to be back. Yeah. I, yeah, guest host. And, we'll uh, stack stones. Oh, and I'm going to be here during the, the fun drive, of course. I'm going to okay. be your, your right. co-fun drive person to help you When we're going to raise a lot of money for KYS. Yes. Mm-hmm. A lot of so, money. And that and starts when, remind me? Uh, it's on that piece of paper right there. March 3rd. March 3rd to, to March 10th. Spring yeah. Fun Drive. So I will be yes. here and we will be pitching, trying to get people to yeah help fund the radio station. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Well, Mike. Thanks for everything you did, Jennifer. Not just for giving us this opportunity, but for the entire art community. Uh, and, and, and you're still in the art community, but yeah. I would just say it's always good to validate. So I'll see, you, I'll see you all at Colva Sullivan tomorrow evening, 5 yeah. to 8 or 9, something yeah. like that. Yeah, Colva Sullivan Gallery, 115 South Adams. It's right over there by the Iron Goat, same yep. block. By the Iron Goat and Trackside Studios right yep. next door. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye.